hear something else that's weird but true. In the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there is actually no such thing as atheism. There is no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And a compelling reason for maybe choosing some sort of God or spiritual type thing to worship, be it JC or Allah, be it Yahweh or the Wiccan mother goddess or the four noble truths or some inviolable set of ethical principles, is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. Hey guys. Hey guys. What episode are we on? We are on episode 29. Whoa. Yes. Episode 29 of a Strange Think podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Austin. And we're your hosts. And we have the most. <laughs> you said I did it this, it this time. time. Yeah. <laughs> well, today we're going to continue our discussion on strange gods. Mm-hmm. Uh, last episode, we just kind of touched the basics of uh, what we were going to be talking about so that we could all start at the same place. Yep. What is God anyway? What what is the definition of God? Um, hmm. That's a good question. What is it? (laughs) (laughs) So what is the base definition of God or gods? What is a God anyway? In certain other religions, a superhuman being or spirit (laughs) worship. That was a total waste of like 40 seconds. (laughs) Um, basically the definition of God is a superhuman being or spirit that's worshiped as having power over nature or human fortunes. In other words, a deity, something that presides and has control over underlings. Underlings. Yeah. Nice. Sweet. Yeah. And that brought up the whole idea of worship. You know, what, what is worship? What does that word mean? I mean... You hear that word so much, and for me it was kind of confusing because I never really knew what the word meant. It sounded like something very rigid and something you only experience in church, and it's like ritualistic or something. But really, um, worship is just the reverence and adoration of a deity. And you can honor the deity and worship with certain rites or traditions. So what's a deity? A deity is a god. What if you got no one to worship? What? <laughs> Is that a random thought? Yeah. But don't you, you were gonna go somewhere with it, and... like that song. I got no one to worship, no deity. Instead of no like the way you work it. Yeah. Well, no you know, deity. it's kind of like we were talking about last time. You know, you think about deities or gods, and we talked about that maybe there are some new gods on the scene. Um, like science, the God of science. Mm-hmm. And really anything that you place your faith in could be kind of construed as your God or your deity. Yeah. So if you put your faith in, you know, like a Judeo-Christian God, or you put your faith in science and you ask science to cure you of a disease, or you ask God to cure you of a disease, it's something that designates that you have faith in that thing to do what you're asking it to do. Right. So there's also like new deities of like uh, social media Mm -hmm. and artificial intelligence. And there's this whole path. And we're not going to go down this one now because 
it's like its own topic. But there's this whole idea of transhumanism where, you know, you combine science with the human evolution and you reach a point called, I think it's the singularity, where at that point you're basically creating a god. Whoa. Yeah. Because it's a hybrid. It's it's like a, it's like super tech and super bio. It's like all Arnold? together. Beyond Arnold. Like Arnold from Terminator. I'm a cybernetic organism. A living tissue of a metal endoskeleton. <laughs> Is that what he says? He says something like that. Yeah, that's an awesome movie. Yeah, it's a little different than that because transhumanism would be using technology to create a superhuman, not a super robot that looks human. It's adding robotics to human. Like General Grievous. Who's General Grievous? He's the guy with a bunch of arms. But like in Star Wars? Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Or And, and, and Obi-Wan, hello there. Like, comes down and... Yeah, kind of like that. Or I guess also like the $6 million man. Or just Darth Vader. Yeah, Darth Vader, yeah. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. So it's it's very interesting. I mean, that's something that everybody talks about, transhumanism. Can you uh, basically turn yourself into a god? And there are people actively trying to do that, that believe that they can actually, through technology, become a god. So mm-hmm. uh, that's why Eminem. Eminem. He feels like a rap god. Feel like a rap god. Rap god. Oh, my He's got a laptop in his back pocket. <laughs> he made a living and a killing off it. Oh, my goodness. Ever since Bill Clinton was still in office with Monica Lewinsky nibbling on his... Or something. Going on. Moving on. I don't know what I'm saying. Now. I don't you know, totally sorry. messed me up, man. You, you, I'm feeling rather like spontaneous tonight. You kicked me down the rabbit hole. I kicked your... <laughs> I'm glad you didn't get your foot stuck. Hey. Oh, hey. Now, I have a big chug of my Guinness Genuine Draft. Yeah, we could, we could talk more about transhumanism, but I think that's a better discussion for another day because there is a lot of cool stuff surrounding that and it deserves its own topic. Yep. As far as continuing on our pursuit of strange gods, I thought we'd better talk a little bit about, you know, the difference between some very common words that are thrown out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we gave the definition of worship, we gave the definition of gods, Uh, which is also deity. But one of the things that we haven't really talked about is the whole concept of an idol. Oh, yeah. Okay. So an idol is basically a representation of a god or a deity Mm -hmm. that you worship or you sacrifice to. Basically, it's a stand-in. Right. It's kind of like, you know, if you don't have your wife there, and so you decide to take a little picture and you... Whoa. Well, I mean, she could be your goddess. But what I'm saying is you could take a picture of her and yeah. put it beside your bed and every oh. night, instead of saying, you know, honey, I love you to the real woman, you would say, honey, I love you. I love you, Roxanne. Or, I thought you were going to go like a weird No, route. see, no, I don't do that. I'm not like you. What? My mind is as pure as the wind-driven the snow. Wind-driven snow through a... Which it's going to snow tonight. Do you I know. know that? yeah. That's why I drove my truck. I'm excited about snowing. Yep. We haven't had any snow this year. And no good snow. Nope. And a few years ago, we had snowmageddon, and it was terrible, and now we don't. Mm-hmm. What? I just thought of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Talking about <laughs> <As> Sub-Zero. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. How would that, what would that sound like? Well, the same. <laughs> of course. Of course. I don't know any quotes from that, though. <laughs> it's going to be in the ice evening. 
<laughs> I am going to get frosted. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, so, okay, yeah. The whole idea about an idol is it basically is representative of the god or goddess that you're worshiping. Right. And not only is it that, but it's also got a broader term. Because we use the word idol like in... American Idol. American Idol, yeah. With Simon Cowell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's in a sense the same kind of thing because people are idolizing that. They're mm-hmm. setting it up almost as a deity. Mm-hmm. Or as, our podcast for some people who like yeah, really yeah. look forward to us They probably talking. idolize us mm-hmm. in our beards and stammering ways. In my super tight pothead <laughs> shirt. Yeah, I like that shirt. Yeah, the good one. It's actually yours. It says pothead, but it's a coffee pot. <laughs> yeah, and it must have shrunk or something because it's rather tight. Either that or I think you, I've been working out. You've been maybe gaining weight. <laughs> that could be too. <laughs> oh, no, we're derailed again. Yeah, but, okay, so the whole idea of idol. It doesn't mean necessarily that it's like a, you know, a carved piece of wood or a stick or a carved rock or a statue an idol can be a person that you idolize mm-hmm. so it's kind of it's kind of a mix mash yeah and i think that in today's culture we tend to idolize and set things up as gods and goddesses that we worship mm-hmm. and it could be anything from our jobs what makes us feel important or valued or gives us purpose mm-hmm. we idolize those things so, like, there's this, you you can go off all these trails on what idols mean and worship means and yeah. gods mean. I think it could even be yourself. Like, uh, there's, you meet people who are, like, always getting, you know, like a boob job or mm-hmm. the guy that just always is working out. Working out. Uh, trying to. Trying to get a buff. Yeah, they're trying to make themselves into, into they, like, the most perfect thing they can imagine. They can't stop touching yeah. their arms and they're. You know, they're weird. And- yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody knows people like that. Hopefully none of our listeners are like that. And if you are, stop it. Yeah, stop touching yourself right now. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you're onto something with the whole kind of deification of self. Mm-hmm. I mean, who do we worship more than ourselves right now, in, especially in America? Right. I mean, we do have ideas of gods, especially if you have a Judeo-Christian background, or even now if you're Muslim or even, and I guess there are a lot of other religions now that are fairly uh, common, but I think by far in America, we have a very big inflated idea of ourselves. Right. And we set ourselves up to be gods. Yeah. And Especially we, with Facebook, like an yeah. instant gratification system. And the yourself. image that we present to mm-hmm. everybody else. Or mm-hmm. look at like Twitter or Instagram. They look and they got, you know, I got 10,000 followers or I got 100,000 followers. And, yeah. and, you know, that gives them this feeling of completion. Of being worshipped. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know. I kind of do that when I posted a picture of my motorcycle a while back. Yeah. And then, and then somebody said, that's really cool. I wish I had one like that. So you just like, like puffed up into, <laughs> I am Austin God of the. Austin Schwarzenegger. Kawasaki God. <laughs> Kels, like you got that's my random well you motorcycle. know it is and and it does make you feel good like i do that with a podcast if i get on and i look online it's like oh you know we've got we have a thousand listeners in the last and, eight years and i'm like holy cow you know that and that makes you feel good but here's the danger um i guess it's a danger unless you do think you're a god 
is that that can build you up into this thing where you are out to get people to worship you. Right. Now, there's this whole idea of gods and worship, right? Where if you worship them and you sacrifice to them and you work hard or you do the things that they require, then they will bless you with special blessings. Mm -hmm. They'll give you fertility. We talked about this in the last episode. Um, They'll give you, you know, rain for your crops. Yeah. Um, So part of built into that structure of worship is the idea that I'm going to get something out of this. I'm going to get health or I'm going to get wealth or I'm going to, I'm not going to die, you know, Mm -hmm. something. I'm going to have victory over my enemies. And, and so there's this whole subsystem of works where if you can do the right things, then you will be blessed. Right. Right. So in our culture, you know, everybody likes and expects to get rewarded for being and doing good. So gods will bless you or a God will bless you if you do good things, or at least if you honor them or sacrifice to them right? or do something that they require. Right. Yeah. In the act of worship. That's something that is kind of interesting to think about because even though that's a more primitive view to think, oh, I'm going to go out and sacrifice three chickens and I'm going to take the blood and I'm going to sprinkle it on something. And that's going to mean that I have lots of baby chicks and I'm going to have lots of chickens, oh. you know, something like that. Uh, because the God of chickens is going to give me lots of baby chicks. Yep. Well, that's different than maybe what we think now, which is, you know, if I get this boob job or if I can present myself this way on social media, or if I can get more tan or more buff or more built up, or if I can say the right words and sound really intellectual, mm-hmm. then people are going to worship me for my beauty, for my brawn or my brains. That sounds a lot like uh, what your that intro clip with the rabid forest walrus or whatever. <laughs> David Foster Wallace, right? Yeah, it does. It sounds a lot like the concept that he was doing, which mm-hmm. is why I chose that for the beginning. Right. Is because I knew we were going to talk a little bit about it. You had a plan? I had a, well, I had an idea. You had a nefarious conspiracy against me? It wasn't a true plan. I'd say it was a concept. It was an idea that was percolating in my brain. Conspiring. In my mind brain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, that was a really interesting topic because he says, if you think about it, it's true. There are no such things as atheists. Everybody worships something. Now he's talking about in a pure context. So what is it that uh, you worship? You know, you can worship a God or whatever, but you can also worship these things, these idols that you have in your life. Archery. Archery. Hunting. Uh, Camping. Um, Being extremely physically fit or beautiful. Frisbee golfing cornhole. Yeah. And what what he says is all of those things end up in despair Mm -hmm. because eventually those things will fade. Right. You won't be able to go camping. You'll be... You're definitely going to let yourself down. Sometime, someplace, somehow that will happen. And all you have to do is look at all the famous athletes and where they are now. Some of them end well. You know, they go on to other things and they they move on. Others kind of go through a terrible, terrible fall from grace. Like yeah. the big Lebowski. Yeah. yeah. That's a fictional thing. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. I don't even know how that makes sense. Yeah. But uh, down this line, I'm going to go ahead and play the rest of that segment. Um, this uh, audio clip was actually taken from a commencement speech that uh, Mr. Wallace gave at Kenyon College for the graduating class of 2005. Well, 
Sweet. Now, one thing interesting about David Foster Wallace, if you don't know who he is, he was a postmodern author. He wrote short stories and novels and things like that. And he was published in a lot of different uh, journals and publications. But he had a very unique idiosyncratic way of writing and very postmodern. But anyway, yeah, let's just keep going. I want to finish out the rest of this clip. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap real meaning in life, then you will never have enough. Never feel you have enough. It's the truth. Worship your own body and beauty and sexual allure and you will always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally plant you. On one level, we all know this stuff already. It's been codified as myths, proverbs, cliches, epigrams, parables, the skeleton of every great story. The whole trick is keeping the truth up front in daily consciousness. Worship power, you will end up feeling weak and afraid, and you will need ever more power over others to numb you to your own fear. Worship your intellect, being seen as smart, you will end up feeling stupid, a fraud, always on the verge of being found out. Look, the insidious thing about these forms of worship is not that they're evil or sinful. It is that they are unconscious. They are default settings. They're the kind of worship you just gradually slip into day after day, getting more and more selective about what you see and how you measure value without ever being fully aware that that's what you're doing. And the so-called real world will not discourage you from operating on your default settings because the so-called real world of men and money and power comes merrily along on the fuel of fear and anger and frustration and craving and the worship of self. Our own present culture has harnessed these forces in ways that have yielded extraordinary wealth and comfort and personal freedom. The freedom all to be lords of our own tiny skull-sized kingdoms, alone at the center of all creation. This kind of freedom has much to recommend it. But of course there are all different kinds of freedom and the kind that is most precious you will not hear much talked about much in the great outside world of wanting and achieving and displaying. The really important kind of freedom involves attention and awareness and discipline and being able truly to care about other people and to sacrifice for them over and over in myriad petty little unsexy ways every day. That is real freedom. That is being educated and understanding how to think. The alternative is unconsciousness, the default setting, the rat race, the constant gnawing sense of having had and lost some infinite thing. Well, that made for a nice beer break while we listened to that, huh? Yep. Okay. For sure. Yeah. So that's a really interesting commencement speech. If you want to listen to the whole thing, you can find it online. You can find the transcript of it, or you can actually hear the audio recording complete with like airplanes flying overhead and all kinds of oh, stuff. cool. Obviously, it was given outside. At the end of the day, Mr. Wallace's idea is that if you waste your life doing what is automatic, which is glorifying and worshiping yourself, your life will end up in emptiness. And despair. But if you do those non-sexy things in life, like give yourself away to helping others. And chess. 
then you <laughs> then you will have purpose and your life will be a success. That makes sense. Yeah, and he's giving this to a bunch of graduating seniors from college. Mm-hmm. So, so basically saying, good luck out there. Don't focus on yourself too much. Yeah. When I heard this, I thought, you know, that kind of spoke to me. Now, sadly to say, Mr. Wallace ended up committing suicide about three years later. Uh-oh. Um, he had a, a long-standing uh, fight with depression and mm-hmm. discouragement, and it eventually got him. Um, but anyway, you can get online. You can uh, read some of his stuff. You can still buy his books. Yeah, very interesting guy. Unique way of thinking. Thinker. Yep. Dude. Yep. Unique anyway, thinker, we have a whole society in the pursuit of God dumb. God dumb. They want to become gods. Right. And it's very interesting. It is very interesting. Even so, if you take Arnold, who we just talked about, I mean, <clears throat> he was Mr. Universe, right? Mm-hmm. That's like how uh, conceited <laughs> yeah. to dub somebody or be Mr. Universe. Mr. Universe. Yeah. Or American Idol. To be yep. the American Idol. To When I watch the show, is that a good thing? Right. Why can't you be the American great singer? The American entertainer. Instead of the idol. But you know it's true because there are, like if it's a girl that wins, Mm -hmm. you know there are 16 million young people that want to be that person. Right. And they'll go to see them in a concert. They'll pay lots of bucks. They'll write them letters. They'll they'll start fan clubs. You know, they'll Mm -hmm. flock to them. They'll worship them. Which, you know, I want to do a a jump back to our last episode. We talked about American Gods. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you watch any of that series, part of what feeds their power is that people recognize and worship them as gods. Right. And when they do, that energy from the worship, these gods absorb, and that gives them more power. Right. In the and movie or in the TV show. In the TV show, yeah. 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 And so it's kind of like that in real life. Mm-hmm. People get more power. The problem is, is that we're mortal and we're humans mm-hmm. and we break. Right. I called it the second law of thermodynamics. We wind down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whoa. That was the wind down chime. That was a confirmation. Gong. Angelic confirmation that of we wind what? down. Of wind down. Winding down. It's the second law of thermodynamics. The second law of thermodynamics <clears throat> just showed up. It winded down and dinged. Wind down thing. <laughs> wind down ding. Never been to Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. another 40 seconds of nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have a couple more drinks and. We'll get back on with it. Hey, what are you Hey, drinking? Austin, time for a plug here. What am I drinking? You're drinking Ballyhoo Irish whiskey. <laughs> it sounded like an old man going to the bathroom. It did. Still got beer left in there. Should we use a beer break? So here's the thing about setting yourself up as a god. I was just reading a book about this. What happens if, say, you're like a super sports star? And you're worshipped by, you know, millions of fans. Say you're an NFL quarterback, mm-hmm. Tom Brady. Okay. Or somebody better. And who just, then- Who just won the- uh, Super Bowl. Yeah. Yes, he did. Congrats, Tom. Yep. Congrats, yeah. man. Good work. But uh, say times. say you're that guy, and he's had a long, illustrious career, right, as a, as a quarterback in the NFL for various teams. Mm-hmm. And finally, someday, his body's going to start wearing down, and he's going to have to retire. At this rate, doesn't look like it. I know, I know. But some at some point, he's going to have to retire. Mm-hmm. If all of your life has been vested in becoming the best sports god that you can be, what happens when you are no longer that sports god? 
Well, look at the Shaq. You just start gold bond commercials. Yeah, you know, I think Shaq, he's he's managed the transition well. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is a lot of people, and they don't even have to be special uh, athletes that are super famous. But people, it doesn't matter if they were an athlete or maybe they were an author, maybe they were an artist, you know, whatever it is, maybe they were the best uh, real estate agent. If they invest their whole life in building up this worship of themselves as this God of something, what happens when they're not that anymore? What happens to them? Fizzle? Well, they get extremely depressed. Yeah. A lot of them commit suicide. Yikes. You know, when you lose your identity, when your God turns out not to be very godlike, mm-hmm. it's a loss of faith. And in that instance, it's it would be crisis. the loss of faith in yourself. Yeah. And it's very, very discouraging. And it's like a huge deal. Mm-hmm. There are so many people that are disillusioned, that have depression and discouragement because what are they now? So anyway, that's another facet of this thing. I know, this is such a huge topic. You could go down so many different rabbit trails. You know, I'm trying to stay up top, you know, because we're moving towards, we want to talk about these gods, right? These strange gods. Hercules. But the, yeah. Thor. Hercules, Thor, all of those guys. But the problem is, is that to really talk about those guys, you've got to explore all these different facets, like idols, like worship. And like, you know, one thing that's interesting about, say, an idol and a god, like American Idol, or even an idol that is a representation of a god. One thing that they have in common is that idols are worshipped, just like right. gods are worshipped. So people venerate the representations of gods or idols, and they also venerate and worship the personage of a god. Right. And I th- I find that interesting, that basically idols become gods and gods become idols. Yeah, they're kind of synonymous. Yeah, they're circular. Something to think about. So another thing that we should probably kind of draw a little demarcation between is the whole concept of worship and veneration or to venerate. Mm, Veneration. They're different. Worship is revering or adoring a deity. Mm -hmm. So basically you're doing things in honor with the religious rites and ritual. To pay homage. Yeah. So you could do sacrifices You could give up things. You could like uh, say a bunch of repetitive words. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just a- Bow down. Yeah. Whatever time. Yeah, right. Exactly. People are used to those kinds of things Mm -hmm. where you worship. Um, It could be singing songs. It could be going out and doing good works. All of those could be construed as acts of worship. Right. Now, veneration is a little different because- Veneration is basically giving extreme regard or a lot of respect. Mm. So like we might venerate, say, Mother Teresa. Or a church where people don't swear at church or they dress up at church, but they don't worship the church. I mean, you could venerate a church because you respect that it was built in like the 1300s and a lot of like really famous theologians went there. So I guess you could kind of call that a veneration of that like or, establishment. Or how I didn't say fart in front of Grandma Wanda because I respected the power and the sharpness of her fingernail when she flicked me in the lip. Right. I, that would totally be the same thing. <laughs> and I have to admit, I venerate my mom and dad. I do. Yeah. Um, and so veneration is something that's beyond the ordinary kind of respect. It's more right. than that. A lot it's, of times, like maybe a veteran, like a yeah. war vet, you would kind of venerate them. Totally. You know, be mind your P's and Q's or 
you know, a, a pop star. You just that you get, you're just very careful to give them the respect that you feel they deserve. Yep. Now, worship can be that way as well, but veneration does not require them to be seen as deity. They're just humans. They're just regular people, but you venerate them for what they've done. So you respect your elderly. You venerate maybe your grandparents and and veterans or, you know, like pop icons that you meet and you worship deities and gods. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. And idols. Yeah, I mean, it's like three steps up, right? Hit the nail right on the head there. Did a good review. Yep. Way to go. Speaking of review, um, so we've gone over the definition of God Mm -hmm. and what worship is, Mm -hmm. the difference between God and an idol, Mm -hmm. and the similarities of God and an idol, and that you can worship an idol or you can worship God. Mm -hmm. We also talked a little bit about veneration. We've also talked about how we can become our own gods, Mm -hmm. how we can worship artificial intelligence or social media. Or cybernetic organisms. Yes. Or how social media or science can become a god, Mm -hmm. which we venerate or idolize. Yep. Yeah. And now I think that gives us a really good baseline where now we can launch into talking about some of the strange gods that ancient civilizations have had and how those gods are not only unique to each of those cultures, but a lot of them cross over into other cultures. Mm, tiptoeing through the window. Yeah, I think it's I think we've got there. I think we're at a good place where we can kind of dive in. All right. We've dotted our I's and crossed our T's. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of dotting our T's and crossing our I's. <laughs> I, I went, I went cross-eyed I for everybody. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty good. Um, <laughs> I think we should start out with the Hellenistic Ooh. pantheon. Who's Helen? Does she have a handbasket? I don't remember. Because then it would be Helen handbasket. <laughs> That's not very funny. Nope. I have no idea what in the Hellenistic... Hellenistic is. I'm assuming it's Hellenistic <laughs> Pantheon. Is that is that a Hellenist? Well, you could just say Greek. Okay, Greek. Yeah, yeah. It's all Greek to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So Hellenism refers to the idea of of Greek culture that saturates other cultures. So they call that Hellenism. But the Hellenistic Pantheon or the Greek Pantheon is probably the most well known pantheon of all gods. It's the pantheon we studied in school. It's the pantheon that, you know, that a lot of movies are made about, like Hercules and all of those guys. Mm -hmm. And it has, you know, its top tier of gods. Uh, A lot of times they call those the Olympians. Mm, Um, Mount Olympia. Yeah, yeah. Mount St. Helens. Exactly. No, what? (laughs) Hellenistic. Oh, I I said Mount Olympia. Yeah. Maybe. You just kind of slipped that in there, and yeah. it took me a minute to process that, like, I don't know what in the Hellenistic you're talking about. <laughs> uh, use that one twice. <laughs> well, well, one thing that's kind of interesting about Hellenistic religions is that Hellenism has kind of had a resurgence, especially in Greece. There's actually a group of people that have started up the old religions of worshiping the Greek gods. And yeah, a lot of people think they're crazy or whatever, but anyway, it's a real thing. And it's, I think they've got a couple temples now. And one thing that's kind of interesting about the Greek religion or the Hellenistic religion is that people, when they worshiped the gods, built a temple 
for each god. They did not worship, you know, all the gods in one temple. In one temple. Each one had to have their own. Mm. Some of the gods, you know, you'll recognize almost all of these are Zeus, mm-hmm. Hera, Poseidon, Ooh, Poseidon, Demeter, yeah, Poseidon Adventure, Athena, Apollo, Artemis, Ares, Hephaestus, who is a god, honestly, that I've never heard of. <laughs> Then we've got Aphrodite. I know who she is. Aphrodite, baby. And then Hermes. And then we have Dionysus. Dionysus. Dionysus, yeah. That's kind of the the big pan. There's a lot more. I mean, you got Mm -hmm. the underworld gods. You got all these other things. But but those are the big dozen gods in the Greek pantheon. The Hellenistic pantheon. The Hellenistic dozen. What the Hellenistic pantheon are you doing? Whoa. (laughs) We're having a good time tonight. You know, we're we're kind of kicking back, kind of being kind of lazy about this whole episode. I had a rough week. It's been a rough year, two yeah. years, whatever it is. This I mean, week especially just gave me the finger. Speaking of finger, you keep giving me the finger. What's going on with your finger? I have plaque psoriasis. Plaque psoriasis. I thought maybe it was some kind of like worship thing for somebody you venerate. Yes, my finger. Austin, do you venerate me? Therefore, you give me the finger. That sounds weird. (laughs) Okay, maybe not. Okay, so let's just say, if you were going to make up your own god, what would your god be? God of the finger? No. What would it be? That'd be weird. God of archery? That'd be cool. God of hunting? The god of horsepower and beer. (laughs) Horsepower and beer. I'd probably have the god of like, I don't know, the god of creativity. Ooh. Yeah, something like that. I like I like being creative. That's like my fun thing, you know. I like to I like to like find ways to create things or mm-hmm. like if there's a concept that's really hard to like imagine or to dichotomize, I like to find a way to like explain it in, in like common language or through visuals or something like that. I just pictured us in like old timey, like new age. <clears throat> old timey new age? Isn't that an oxymoron? I just I just picture us in like a an old cavern in a, a medieval setting in like a castle. And I'm yeah, or like a like a pub in a castle like the the Ooh. prancing pony. Oh in, yeah, you know, yeah, the hobbit. And I'm sitting there, I've got a hood on and I'm like this big jack guy. And you come up and you're like, "What's your god? What are you into?" And I'm like, "A god of horsepower and beer." <laughs> and you're like, "Well, mine's the god of creativity." <laughs> <laughs> and then you get like the next scenes you getting like thrown out the window. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm a nerd face yep. and yeah, I'm not worthy of being in the yep. prancing pony. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the prancing pony is full of all kinds of special creative people. Very special creative people. <laughs> Super silly, special creative people. You know, if it's written by J.R.R. Tolkien, he was the king of creativity in my book. Him and yeah, George always, Lucas, Steven I Spielberg. Talk about I mean, Stephen King. Guys. Yeah, Stephen King. That Ooh. guy can. Dean Koontz. It's yeah. like he's covered every angle of everything, and maybe more writers do that. Like J.R. Tolkien. I read the first couple chapters of The Hobbit, and I just got tired of. So hobbits have really hard feet, and they're really big feet. But dwarfs' feet are a little bit smaller than a <laughs> hobbit's feet, but they're also very hard. But they have to wear shoes because they live in a harsher climate. Yeah. It's like, whoa. You know, you really thought this through, dear J.R.R. We're kind of talking about our gods of literature right now. Yeah, we are. Yeah. But anyway, let's go back to the Greek gods. Stephen King, the, what do they call him? The king of storytelling or whatever? 
He's pretty awesome. He's really good at it. The ultimate storyteller. He's a He's very got a interesting guy. I, you know, I know that people idolize Stephen King. I might be a little bit of a, a victim of but that. But I right? do not see that people have a God complex with Stephen King. I don't think anybody wants to worship him, but they idolize him. I mean, just think about that for a minute. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. Kind of like the way Jack Nicholson idolized that hotel in The Shining. Exactly. You've got it. Yeah, you're catching on. <laughs> you're becoming enlightened, which oh. means that you're one step closer to godhood. I don't know. We're being silly I think here, that's but... cleanliness. <laughs> that's godliness. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Yeah, but that's not godhood. You're rabbit trailing Horde. <laughs> this is so weird to talk about it because we have so many euphemisms that we use in the English language. Yeah, we do. That kind of, you know, deal with deities or gods or whatever. It's all very convoluted. Mm -hmm. But anyway, let's get back to the Greek pantheon. Let's go back to the hell. Let's, let's get our Greek, Greek panties on. Let's get our Greek pantheons. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, so we've got these gods. I mean, Zeus is well known. Mm -hmm. right? He's the big guy with the, the, the lightning and the... Yeah. And then Hera, I'm not sure who the heck she is, but we'll talk about her too. Poseidon, I mean, he's, he's like the, the god under, of the sea. Yeah, the god of the sea. The mm -hmm. person controls the creatures under the water and the water and stuff like that. Demeter, I don't know who Demeter is. We're going to talk about him too. Athena and Apollo and Artemis and Ares and Hephaestus and Aphrodite. Everybody knows. Mm, oh, yeah. Let's all see our mm. inner Aphrodite. Boom, chicka, bow, wow. That Aphrodite got to wow. go. Oh, she does. And then we got oh, Hermes. Yeah, is Hermes the guy that's really fast? Can he run? I don't know. I don't know who Hermes is. So in this TV show called Futurama, yeah, there's a character named Hermes. He's a Jamaican guy, and that's his character. His name is Hermes. And in an episode where they all kind of become Greek gods, his name is Hermaphrodite. <laughs> Oh, no. He's a hermaphrodite. <laughs> I think that's right. I think that's true. Yeah. If it's which not, hermaphrodite, you know, is like the, uh, he's both male and female. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's go back. Let's talk about each one, you know, high level. We won't deep dive here, but we're going to talk about each one of these 12 gods. Hitting them right on the head Yeah. There. Let's call, the, call them the Greek dozen. Okay. Let's start out with Zeus. He is the king of gods. Ooh. Ooh, Zeus, the king of gods. Big, muscular, white beard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to do the counterparts in other pantheons, I mean, just for a couple we have. In the Roman pantheon, he is Jupiter. Um, and then, you know, another counterpart arguably is the uh, Celtic god called Tyrannus, the god of thunder. So, he kind of represents or would be related to or you could connect to Thor but he kind of also can connect to Odin because he's kind of the god of gods. He's kind of the king of kings. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, he's the king of gods. But he also had parents, godparents, Cronus and Rhea. Godparents. Yeah. <laughs> nice. You know, one thing interesting about Zeus is he was kind of like this weird, I wouldn't say a sexual deviant, but he was very promiscuous. Oh, yeah. And he had a lot of erotic episodes. I'm going to guess his daughter is Aphrodite. He did have a daughter named Aphrodite. Mm. Wouldn't yeah. that be weird? You think he was protective over Aphrodite? Oh, yeah. 
I don't know. Probably. Wouldn't you be if you were Zeus? Yeah. I don't know. So some of his offspring are attributed to Athena, Apollo, Artemis, Hermes, Persephone. I used to play that instrument. Dionysus, Perseus, Hercules, Helen of Troy, Minos, and, of course, the Muses. The Muses? Yeah. A lot of people have Muses now these days. Yep. I used to play a Persephone in a band called Muses. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's awful. It's just awful. Can't even say it right. What the heck is going on? This awful just sounds like a Greek god. Yeah, but anyway, so Zeus was like the king of gods. So Mm -hmm. he was like the guy that ruled over the pantheon of gods from Mount Olympus. Ooh, mountain. So the next god, or I should say goddess, is Hera. Hera. Yeah, and she's the queen of gods and is the wife and sister of Zeus. (laughs) <laughs> Wife and sister? Yeah, I go, bow wow, chicka bow wow. Oh, shit. You know, keep it in the family, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Their family tree wasn't very very. Yeah, but she's known as being the goddess of marriage and birth. And uh, okay. she was a sexual deviant. <laughs> and she was also known as being very uh, jealous and vengeful towards the many lovers that Zeus had. Okay. Yeah, because her husband was kind of a. Her was, husband brother. He liked to cast his seed around. Let's just mm-hmm. say that. So, and then we have Poseidon, who is, of course, the god of the sea. Right. But he's also the god of earthquakes and horses. Of horses, of all the things. Yeah. Not and, just seahorses, but horses. Right. Yeah, totally. Right. Now, in the famous animated movie, The Little Mermaid. Ariel! Yeah, that is not Poseidon. That's Poseidon's son, Triton. Yeah, King Triton. King Triton. I know that because I... Proposed to my wife after that. Play. Oh, yeah. You were in the play and then... Mm-hmm. I came um, out in like a swagger and like a blue shirt. Yeah. You proposed on stage in front of what? 300 people? I don't know. That was pretty cool. I can't count to 300. I should probably put a link to That's that. Spartan if anybody stuff. wants to see, I'll put that on our website. But yeah. So we have Poseidon. He's one of the gods, the top 12 gods. He reminds me kind of a Aquaman. I wonder if he had, you know, gills... On the side of his body that opened up so he could breathe underwater. I wonder if when he flopped up on the land, if he had legs. Maybe. Kind of like Ariel. Ariel got cursed and flopped. Well, she traded her voice for some legs so she could date Prince Eric. I thought that mermaids, when they flopped up on the land, automatically got legs. Maybe not in that story, but maybe in a different one. Only if they're cursed. By by the sea witch. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. What was her name? Ursula. Ursula, I wonder yeah, if she's, she's a god. She's sing my child, and Ariel goes, ah, Yeah, right? Ah, <laughs> she steals her voice and puts it in the box. Yep, and Ariel can't talk, but she gets legs and a hoo-ha, which is what Prince Eric is most interested in. <laughs> That's why he married her. And he's like, because she washes up on the shore naked, and he's like, <clears throat> naked lady on the shore, pretty cool. Yeah. And take her home, get her scrubbed up, give her a seafood dinner. It's just awful. Okay, next god. So next up we have the goddess known as Demeter. I'm pretty sure that's what Prince Eric said when he found out that there was a naked lady on his shore. He'd be (laughs) like, man, I love Demeter. (laughs) It's so horrible. Well, in a way it's kind of appropriate because she's also known as the the goddess of the harvest and grain and fertility. Mm, Yeah. So kind of like reproduction and prosperity. Yeah, not to be confused with the one we're going to talk about in a minute, Aphrodite. (laughs) Aphrodite. Yeah. So you have to whisper that every time you say it. Aphrodite. Aphrodite. 
like that. Yeah, but uh, this goddess was one that was worshipped by, you know, farmers and the peasant people. Okay, yep. cool. So, so she's the peasant's form of prosperity. Prosperity and fertility. Ooh. And, you know, good harvest. Yeah. Okay. So, yep. yeah, reproduction. Yeah. So next up, we have Athena. Mm. So Jeez. this is what happened. Prince Eric hears a voice. And then somebody knocks on his door. Hey, Prince Eric. Athena, naked lady, on the shore. And oh he's like, goodness. man, I love Demeter. You just can't. <laughs> <laughs> this is too easy. Little mermaid puns. Sweet. Uh, yeah. They're all easy. All right. But anyway. <laughs> Athena is the goddess of wisdom and war. Ooh. She's an important goddess of many, many things. She's a goddess of wisdom, courage, inspiration, civilization, law, and justice, Ooh. strategic warfare, mathematics, strength, strategy, the arts, crafts, and skill. She has a lot of things that she does and that she's the master of. She's tough. She is a tough, it, tough, she's tough. A- independent woman she is a very very educated and very prolific mm-hmm. person yes but even like a movie like a sitcom she could be like a she could, reporter that just doesn't take no she BS could play all nobody. the roles herself mm-hmm. and she's also a gifted cop. and she's a cop yeah <laughs> yeah that too cool okay moving on next up we have apollo okay so <clears throat> here's what happened in the little mermaid <laughs> no we're gonna continue this story someone came up to Prince Eric. He's like, knocks on the door. Hey, Prince Eric, I seen a naked lady down by the beach. And he's like, wow, I'd love to meet her. Apollo, you down there, you can show me. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> All right. So, actually, <laughs> Apollo is the god of healing, medicine, archery, music, poetry, and the sun. He's also the leader of the muses, which, uh, you know, everybody needs a good muse. Yep. Like a naked mermaid lady. Yeah. That he's can't a, talk. He's also Dream the god. He's also the god of prophecy and has uh, you know, a very, very good relationship with the Oracle of Delphi. Delphi. Yep. Next up we have the goddess Artemis. So Prince Eric is in his room. He gets a Oh no. <laughs> hey Prince Eric, I seen a naked lady down by the beach. He's like, Wow, I'd love to meet her. Apollo, you down there. So they get there, and he sees her, and he's like, Damn, you a work Artemis. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, <laughs> in Greek mythology, Artemis was identified by the Romans with Diana. So, I mean, that's her uh, counterpart in the Roman religion. And she was the daughter of Zeus. Okay. And uh, she was the goddess of wild animals and the hunt. You should mm. like her. And the vegetation oh, yeah. and chastity. Oh. And childbirth. She had everything going until chastity <laughs> and childbirth. <laughs> yeah. She was an interesting gal yeah. or a goddess, I should what say. An independent woman. And she's very independent. Mm-hmm. So next up in the uh, top 12 Greek gods, we have the goddess Ares. Ares. <clears throat> so Prince Eric is in his room. Guy comes to the door like, oh my gosh. Hey, Prince Eric, Athena naked lady down by the beach. And he's like, man, I'd love to meet her. I'll follow you down there. And then he sees her and he's like, man, you work on a miss. <laughs> and then all she did was smile. And he was like, man, there is no way this day could get any better. <laughs> oh, 
This is horrible. This is horrible. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, you can't be further from the truth because it doesn't get better with Ares. So Ares is the god of war and battle, and he wasn't a very popular god. In fact, he was kind of like one of the gods that people didn't appreciate a whole bunch mm. because he was the god, when you thought about like brutality and slaughter, he was that kind of god. Yikes. So Yeah. He was a nice fella. Well, I don't know if he wasn't necessarily not nice, but he was the god of war. Mm. And that's an ugly specter. Gods of war. Exactly. May your hammer be mighty. Whatever you say. That's from Hot Rod. Kind of remember that. <laughs> so next up in the gods, the pantheon of Greek gods, we have Hephaestus. Hephaestus. So Prince Eric is in his room and his friend comes to him and he's like, hey, Prince Eric, I seen a naked lady down on the beach. And he's like, man, I love Demeter. I'll follow you down there. So they go down there and he sees her and he's like, man, you a work of Artemis. There is no way this day could get any better. And then he's like, why don't you get dressed? I face this way and you get dressed and then we'll go back to my mansion. <laughs> Just like this. that. Oh my God. I face this way. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Well, actually, Hephaestus was the god of fire, metalworking, stone masonry, forges, and the art of sculpture. I like that guy, too. I do, too. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah, you like to make things, fabricate things. I was a sculpture major when I was getting my Bachelor of Fine Arts degree. I love to build things out of bronze and brass and wood and all kinds of stuff. Nice. Yeah, so this would have been my Sculpting patron guy, brass I guess. and kicking ass. Yeah, Hephaestus. He's a cool guy. Okay, moving on. We have the goddess of sexual love and beauty. What? Uh, yeah, known as Aphrodite. Aphrodite. Yeah. She is the goddess of love and fertility and occasionally presided over marriage, but mostly she was all about sexual love, eroticism, and beauty. Whoa. She's also identified, when you uh, look at the Roman pantheon, as Venus. The one on the clam the yeah. muscle shell, and she's like coming across the water. Yeah. She's your Venus. Aphrodite. Okay, so Prince Eric is in his room. Come in. Hey, Prince Eric, I seen a naked lady down by the beach. Prince Eric is like, hey, I'm sorry about your lisp, but I'd love to meet her and I'll follow you down there. You can show me. So they get there and he sees her naked and he's like, man, you work Artemis. There is no way this day could get any better. I'll face this way. And you get dressed. And then he leans over to his guy and he's like, hey, I might get lucky tonight. And he's like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I've seen her naked. We know she's not some kind of hermaphrodite. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's just, that's just sick and wrong. There's so many levels. I don't even know what to say to that. Okay. Well, moving on to the next god. We have Hermes. Hermes. So, Prince Eric is in his room, the guy comes to his door, he's like, Hey, Prince Eric, I've seen a naked lady. He's like, man, I'd love to meet her. I'll follow you down there. And then they go down there, and he meets her, and he's like, damn, you work at Artemis. And he's like, there is no way this day could get any better. I face this way while you get dressed. And then while that she's getting dressed, he's like, hey, you know, you probably should be a little careful. You don't go sleeping around. He's like, I already seen her naked. I know she's not a hermaphrodite. And then he's like, yeah, but what about Hermes? You don't want to catch Hermes. <laughs> this is just 
this is actually pretty good. <laughs> Let's move on. No, okay, wait, wait, wait. I got to explain who Hermes is. Hermes is the god of Hermes is the god of trade, wealth, luck, fertility, animal husbandry. I love that word, husbandry. Ew, animal husbandry. Yeah, sleep, language, mean? thieves, and travel. That's where Hermes came from. Animal husbandry, <laughs> I guess. But this guy, he's very clever and mm-hmm. he's very mischievous. He's the patron god of shepherds, and he invented the lyre, so he can go around and play sweet notes on his lyre. Mm. And he's also the herald and messenger of Mount Olympus. So the messages come through him to the world. Sweet. Yeah, sweet. Kind of like a little gopher. He is the gopher of the mountain gods. Nice. And last up on the god train from Mount Olympus, we have Dionysus. Dionysus. So, <clears throat> Prince Eric is in this room. His friend comes up to him, and he's like, Hey, Prince Eric, I've seen a naked lady down by the beach. And Prince Eric is like, Hey, man, I'm sorry about your lisp, <laughs> but I'd love to meet her. I'll poly you down there. And then he sees her naked, and he's like, Man, you're a work of Artemis. There is no way this day could get any better. I'll face this way, and you get dressed. And while she's getting dressed, they have a little sidebar conversation. And he's like, hey, man, I don't know if you should be doing this. Prince Eric is like, hey, man, I feed her naked. There's no way she's a hermaphrodite. And he's like, yeah, but what about Hermes? And he's like, man, I don't think she has Hermes. Plus, even if I get Hermes, it's not like I'm going to die, and I suspect... She's a virgin. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I don't even know how to follow that up. But anyway, Dionysus was the ancient god of wine, winemaking, grape cultivation, fertility, ritual madness, theater, and religious ecstasy. Ooh. Yeah. So he was his a Roman name. fella. Yep. And his uh, Roman name was Bracchus. Bracchus. Um, he was a god that was kind of all into the uh, drinking and stuff. So he's kind of like what we do on our uh, investigation destination libation. Oh, we the kind ideal of god. Toast. I I wouldn't say we're worshiping Dionysus, but we definitely uh, do a libation. We follow his suit. Yeah. Hopefully we don't die, and I suspect we're going to have fun. We've gone over the most known gods and from Mount Olympus in Greek, and we've and the story of the Little Mermaid. Yes, yes. Which, if you didn't know that, now you've got the full story. Mm-hmm. And it's so that's so funny. I can't believe you did that. But <laughs> that was a lot of work. Yeah, it's it hard to work. keep it all yeah. in order and yeah. together. Surprising you did. Okay, maybe I did a little editing to he, help you along. Yep, yeah. and you pulled up the notes. Yeah, we uh, had the list here. It was so mostly improv, though. We got it. Yeah, totally. I'm yeah. pretty proud of myself. It was really good. Arnold's proud of me, too. Good job. Oh, good job. You did. <laughs> yes, you very much did. But anyway, this is a good kickoff for our, uh, you know, our top 12 uh, Greek gods. We're going to get into some of the other pantheons. On our next episode, we're going to talk about how some of them correlate to the uh, Greek pantheon Mm -hmm. we just went over. We're going to talk about um, how some of these gods are worshipped and how some people build idols to these gods. And like we mentioned, there's actually a resurgence of worship for these Greek gods in Greece right now. They call them the Hellenists. And they practice Hellenism. 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 And so they worship these gods still. And they do it in different ways. They have uh, sacrifices. They have different things that they do as far as the way that they uh, treat other people. They also, Yeah, they treat them better. And one thing nice about this worship system in the modern Hellenistic view 
is that they do not require any kind of like real moral code. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of wide open. So it doesn't have a lot of uh, what you'd call moral structure as far as like right and wrong. You can pretty much do what you want. Right. And wrong. You go, girl. Sweet. Yeah. Kind of like Ariel. Prince Eric system. Yeah. Prince Eric system. Yeah. Well, on that note, Austin, let's, uh, let's go ahead and close this one out. And we'll get on with the next one where we're going to deep dive into some more of the uh, different pantheons. We're also going to like uh, cross-reference some of these. And we're going to get into some other topics. So, guys... And gals, I think you should follow us on Twitter, Insta, Facebook, all those things. Yeah. And uh, like us on whatever uh, podcasting app and social media gods you and follow reviews. and worship. Ooh, social media gods. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yeah. As an act of worship, like us oh my. to your social media gods <laughs> or goddesses. There you go. And uh, so if you have any cool stories about Valentine's Day, about a strange thing in the woods, shoot us an email at my story at a strange thing.com. Yep, and we will be able to maybe work that into our podcast at some point, or at least read your cool story and send you an email back. And maybe some swag. And some swag. If it yep. we deem it worthy. And if we don't deem it worthy, it's not because like we don't deem it worthy, it's just because we don't have enough financial worthiness to deem everything worthy in keeping with this uh, new topic that we're discussing we hope that you will venerate us well if not venerate us at least uh, reach out and respect us and share us share us with other people <laughs> and all your friends and stuff and help us grow our listeners and so that we can keep this podcast going and also that we can bring you more and cool stuff in the days and years to come. And like I said, go on Facebook and give us Apollo. <laughs> yeah, give us Apollo. <laughs> and also, join us next time for some cold drinks and some strange conversations. Taters. Taters. Taters.